0: I don't know about you, but you know, part part of this just coming to church and getting to see all of your faces. I feel like in 2020, I didn't really get to see anybody. I just kind of just are people out there? Are people still alive? Um, and, and when I get around people now, I'm just I'm so excited that I just will talk your ear off. So just yesterday, I was with Billy, and we went up to Wilmington. And I think I talked for three hours straight. Like, he didn't even get to say a word. Hey, what you doing? What's your favorite color? You know, I don't know, just anything, just just people, just want to talk. We are going to read this morning from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 1. Jeremiah chapter 1, if you don't have it, it will be on the screens. We're going to begin with verse 4 and read through 14, I believe. Jeremiah 4, the Lord gave me this message. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. O sovereign Lord, I said, listen, I can't speak for you. I'm too young. The Lord replied and said this, don't say I'm too young. For you must go wherever I send you and say whatever I tell you. And don't be afraid of the people, for I will be with you and I will protect you. I, the Lord, have spoken. Then the Lord reached out and he touched my mouth and he said, Look, I have put my words in your mouth. Today I have appointed you to stand up against nations and against kingdoms Some you must root up and tear down, destroy and overthrow, and others you must build up and plant. And the Lord said to me, look, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I replied, I see a branch from an almond tree. And the Lord Lord said, that's right, and it means that I am watching, and I will certainly carry out all of my plans. And the Lord spoke to me again, and he asked, what do you see now? And I replied, I see a pot of boiling water, and it's spilling from the north. Yes, the Lord said, the terror from the north will boil out on the people of this land. Listen, I am calling the armies of the kingdoms of the north to come to Jerusalem. I, the Lord, have spoken. So here we have in the beginning of the book of Jeremiah, this, uh, this look into a conversation that God is having with Jeremiah, he's calling him, and it, it says right at the beginning there, the Lord gave me this message. There are those times in your life where the Lord speaks to you, and you just know that that was God, of just, man, I, I, I just know that I know that God spoke to me, and this is one of those moments. And so it's, for Jeremiah, it's very, very personal. But it's interesting because this very personal message that God has for Jeremiah isn't just for Jeremiah, Right? It's for Jeremiah's children and his children, and generations later, and even now, today, thousands of years later, we're listening in and we're reading on this conversation that God has for Jeremiah, and it's speaking to us today. Now, we don't know. Let me give you a little bit of a background to what we just read. We don't know exactly how old Jeremiah is at this point, but we do know that he's young because his excuse to God is, I can't do this because I'm young. And so a lot of scholars would say, if you look at the lifespan of him and, and his prophecies throughout the book, he's probably a mid-teenager at this point, somewhere around 14, 15 years old. And, and, so, and so think about that for a moment. God is speaking to this, this 15-year-old, and he's telling him all of this. I mean, there's almond branches and there's pots boiling from the north and there's destruction and and there's uprooting and there's planting and building and all of these things. And and you could just kind of imagine Jeremiah hearing all this. Now, it's not just that God's speaking to this young man, it's also the time in which he's speaking to this young man. Uh, If we were to read the first four verses, it it gives us a a little bit of the time frame and it says, uh, King Josiah was the king when... God started speaking to Jeremiah. Now, this is important because this is a king that is coming into Jerusalem, and he is, f- for, for what seems like has been a long time, on the tail end of a lot of bad kings. So there's been a lot of his, uh, Josiah's dad, his granddad, like, they were wicked in the eyes of the Lord. You can read about it in the book of Second Kings. And so Josiah comes onto the picture, and all of a sudden, now there's this good king, and he, he starts to clean up the temple, and, and, and things are getting put back into order. And as they're cleaning up the temple, uh, he set, the, the priest finds a book. They find a book, and it's the book of the law. It turns out it's to be what we would call the book of Deuteronomy. And so all of a sudden, they find this book. He brings it to the king, and Josiah's like, What? We've been doing so many things wrong for so long. This is the word of the Lord. Let's listen to what the Lord is saying to us, and let's do what God is saying to us. So all of a sudden, the land is starting to, to... There's a lot of changes that are happening. I mean, there was was idol worship everywhere. There there was all of these things that were being built to other gods. And and, uh, the king says, listen, no more of that. Let's restore the temple. Let's get things back to God's word the way that it is supposed to do. So you have God using this man to clean up, if you will, the physical surroundings, He he's brick and mortar. He's putting the temple back in order. Uh, He's tearing—he's literally tearing down uh, different poles that have been set up to other gods and all of these things. Like Jerusalem is turning back to God. Now at the same time that this is happening and 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 they're moving back towards God, God speaks to Jeremiah and says, Jeremiah, while, while all of this is happening with the bricks and the mortar, there's a word that you also need to speak to the people. So it's not just about getting cleaned up on the outside. We need to get some things cleaned up on the inside, too. And so, Jeremiah, I'm going to put my word in your heart. You're going to speak all of this to this nation, and you're 15 years old, right? And Jeremiah, is, that's the scene. And Jeremiah, you got to put yourself in his position. God, I think you got the wrong guy. I'm way too young uh, this is the moment you remember when you were in high school and they're picking teams for basketball or football or whatever it is and there's this captain and there's that captain and they start picking the teams and you just know you're going to be last and you don't want to be last but you know you're horrible and they know you're horrible so you know you're going to be last and you're just standing there and you're like Okay, this is that moment for Jeremiah where God's looking out. He's looking at all of these people. He's seeing things get happen, And, and Jeremiah says, listen, God, you really don't want me on your team. Jeremiah, I'm, I'm way too young. Listen, there's way more qualified people. You should pick them. You, if you want to win, God, you don't want me. Right, Jeremiah's just saying, listen, I'm way too young. And then he just tries to give God this excuse. And at some point, we've got to come to the realization God really doesn't care about our excuses. You know, it doesn't matter if you're too young. doesn't matter if you're too old. Too rich, too poor, too black, too white, too educated, too uneducated. All of those things aren't a problem with God. And, and, and he want, we want, as a people, we want to give God excuses of why we can't. Uh, I remember... Uh, I, 15 ish years ago. How long have we been married, honey? 15, 14? I'm close, around that area. In the year that King Josiah died, uh, we had just gotten married and uh, we went on our honeymoon and it was amazing. I mean, we're, we're in the clear uh, water and we're, we're snorkeling with all of this. I mean, it's just beautiful and love it. And we just we made this thing that, hey, on our fifth year anniversary, we're gonna do something like this again. Well, five years came and a baby came. And so it went from let's snorkel in the clear waters to let's change the stiper at two o'clock in the morning. And then we said, well, okay, you know, that's the way life goes. And uh, at year 10, at year 10, we'll do something. Okay. And so year 10 came. And oh, we're just so busy with the church, and we're so busy. We'll do it at year fifteen, and then oh, there's COVID, and like every year, we just kind of have some excuse of why we haven't done it. And me and my wife were talking. We're just at some point, we've just got to say, listen, we've got to say, just enough's enough. We're either going to do it or we're not. We're either going to we're going to make the plans and do this thing, and we'll figure out because there's going to be problems, or we're just gonna. Just keep going, and we're going to keep giving our excuses to, well, you and to God and to our relationship. And, 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 and Jeremiah is there, and he's standing before God, and he wants to give him his excuses, and we want to give God our excuses. And I have a few questions for us this morning. Um, at, first, a statement. At some point, we have to stop telling God what he can and can't do. At some point, we have just got to get it in us that, God, I'm not going to tell you what you can and can't do. And to put it another way, do we really think that God is limited by our limitations? Do we really believe that God is limited by our limitations? Does your insufficiency translate to his deficiency? Does your weakness make him any less strong? See, if anything, Scripture shows us the opposite. Jeremiah, just too young. Moses, stuttering problem. Sarah, too old. Scripture shows us time and time again that, listen, in your weakness, he is strong. I see some of us are waiting until we get stronger, and God's like, no, 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 I've got you right where I want you. And I could use you right now, Jeremiah. I'm here to tell you, 2021 we could either make an excuse or we can make a difference. You can make an excuse or you can make a difference. It's up to you. Because the opportunities are there, it's it's time, it is it is what the Lord is saying, and He is speaking. We could listen to His voice or we could listen to the world. And if we listen to His voice, like Jeremiah, we are going to impact the world. But if we just keep listening to what the world is saying, we're going to continue to be blown to and fro and here and there by every wave of whatever's coming in down the pipe that week. And let's be honest, many of us have had that happen over the last year or two of just, okay, whatever is the hot thing or whatever's going on now, that's, his word is steadfast throughout all of this. Doesn't matter if it's COVID or not, doesn't matter young or old, no matter what going through. He says, listen, Jeremiah, I want you to understand this. I, 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 know you, I know you want to say you're too young, but listen. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were formed in the womb, I knew you. Before that gender reveal party and we figured out if you were a boy or girl, God already knew you. Before you messed up and did this unthinkable thing, God knew you. Before you were sitting on the side of the road with that flat tire arguing and cussing out everybody, he knew you. Before you went into Walmart and just had your patience stretched to the very limit, he knew you. Before the earth was even created, when darkness covered the face and it was void, he knew knew you, before there was a sun to rise and set, before God decided to sprinkle the sky with stars and put grass on the ground, before he filled the earth, listen to this, before there was a garden to tend to, before you had all of this list of all of these things that you have to accomplish, I knew you. I knew you in your mother's womb. See, here's this thing. Like right now in our culture, there's kind of almost two opposing ideas. And please don't say amen for the next couple seconds until I finish the whole thought because you might get embarrassed. Um, (laughs) There's kind of two two thoughts when it comes to life. And there's, there's, there's one train of thinking that says, well, listen, life happens whenever uh, birth takes place and that baby takes its first breath of air. And, and there's another train of thought that often says that birth happens at the point of conception. And, and biblically speaking, actually both of these are wrong. Biblically speaking, you were born before you were born. Before even that conception took place, God knew you. Before your mama knew your daddy, God knew Knew you, informed you before all of that. See, you were you were actually born twice. You you were born into this earth, but you were born into the heart and the mind of God. See, before any of that happened, God said, Listen, I'm gonna make Kirk and I'm gonna shape him this way. And I'm going to shape Wally this way. And I'm going to put this these gifts in him. And at such a time for this, and these are going to be the situations. And these are the things that are going to go through in his life. But greater is me that's in him than he that is in the world. So before even your mom and your dad got together, he knew you before. Before. See, we serve a God of before. So yeah, uh, all of this that we're going through, we've got to recognize He's already been there. When He says it is finished, He really meant it, because He's the God who was and is and is to come, and so everything that we're walking out is, is a plan that hits, has already happened. And God, have you read Revelations? I've been there, and so if we serve a God who goes before us. That means he already has cleared the path for us. Everything that we're going to do, God now has to backtrack for us to catch up to what he's already done. So God's already been there. And so in this moment, God said, I'm going to put it in reverse. I'm going to back up to this moment, and I'm now going to walk beside you just so you know. I don't know about you, but it's, it's, it's really comfortable going on a trip with someone who's already been there before. See, if I go on this trip and I have no clue where I'm going, I need GPS to tell me some stuff. I need MapQuest to show me, and I'm starting to stress, did I miss my turn, did I miss that? But if I'm in the truck with somebody that's already been there, I can rest at ease because he knows where he's going. And if he knows where he's going and if he's already been there, I'm just along for the ride. The God who goes before us. I mean, so it's what, I mean, all of those things, everything that entails with that. Jeremiah, listen, before I formed you in the, your mother's womb, I knew you. There's more to life than this. There's more to life than this. All, all of this, God, I knew you before. No matter what you're going through, we serve a God who's gone before us. No matter what's happening in your life, you have nothing to fear because he has gone before us. And not only has he gone before us, it says this in verse 8. He says, listen, don't be afraid because I will be with you. I will be with you. I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go before you. I'm going to be right back here where you are right now. I remember years ago I was serving Uh, in Indonesia. I was a missionary there and absolutely loved it. And I was going to all of these orphanages and teaching English to kids. And there would be often groups that would come in from other countries. And so there'd be people from Norway and Sweden and uh, South Africa and um, Japan and Australia. And they'd come in with with these these groups. And I would help kind of guide them to different orphanages, to different villages, to different places where they could minister the gospel. And some of the places that I would take them would be, I mean, I'm talking about off the beaten path, where we, we had to go through some jungles and I mean, and, and some places, if everyone would, would ask, does this guy know where he's going? And I would tell them, don't worry, I've been here before. And because I've been here before, I already know the way. And so you just, just just, keep following, even when it looks like we're lost. Come on, somebody. Even, God, when it looks like I'm not hearing your voice as clear as I want to in this moment, even when I don't see your hand moving in the way I really want to see it moving, you've been there before. And not only have you been there before, but now you're here with me now. We serve that kind of God? I'd have left all of us in the dust a long time ago. And God says, no, no, no. I've come before you. I'm with you now. And not only that, even the stuff behind you, I'm a part of that. Even all the stuff that you want to forget about, I'm a part of that. It's kind of like the moment where your wife asks you to vacuum the house only to find out that she's already vacuumed the house. And she's just trying to, you know, she gives you something to do, and then you're vacuuming, but then she comes behind you again and gets all the stuff that you missed. And you're like, what are you doing? Why? Because, oh yeah, I did miss that. And so all of the stuff, even in our past that we missed, all of our things that we regret, we serve a God who uses all things for the good. Amen. Who says, e- even those things, I, I got you, Lucas. I got you. I've gone before you. Vacuum that already. You can try, little buddy. Good job. And I'll also go behind you. Who was and is and is to come. Jeremiah, don't be afraid. And then he says this, look. I have put my word in your mouth. I've, just like I've given Josiah a job to do, and he's building up and he's cleaning up the temple, and there's a lot of this. I've put my word in your mouth because now there's, there's something that you need to say to the people to, for them to get down into their hearts. Uh, he touches his lips, and he says this. Listen, you're going to do this. You're, you're going to speak the words that I give you, and you're going to uh, speak against nations and kingdoms, and then he says, some you're going to uproot and tear down and destroy and overthrow, and others you must build up and plant. And if you were young, at a young age, many of us was taught this principle of like, your words have power. And if your words can build people up, or your words can tear people down. I think some of us were there at school for that lesson, and others missed that lesson, But there's the, the, the power of the words that we're saying. Is, listen, Jeremiah, you're going to do this. And with your words, you're going to say these things. It's going to tear down and it's going to build up. And for the most part, we were taught, it's like, you got to be one that we got to build up and build up and build up. But even God actually says, listen, there's a time to tear down. See, wisdom is knowing the difference between the two. Wisdom knows, do I need to tear down in this moment or do I need to build up in this moment? Because that's what's happening in Jerusalem. They're tearing down the idols. They're tearing down things that, because they discovered the book of the law. They've, they've discovered, hey, this is how we should be doing it. Like, on a completely side note, you, you, you have to ask yourself the question, so if the temple was going on, they, how did they lose the Bible? Like, what were they doing all those years? Lord, forgive us if we ever lose the word of God in here. Lord, forgive us if it comes to the self-help kind of thing. Because what we need is the word of God. What were they doing that, oh, look, we found, oh, this is the whole reason for. And so so they find it, and and building down and tearing up, and, and understanding the wisdom of which is which. See, often in our culture, we want to tear down people and build up systems. And I think God often wants to tear down systems and build up people. And we need to ask, am I tearing down people and building up systems? Or am I helping build up people and tear down systems? See, because even when God brought judgment and there was things to come, it was still, listen, I'm doing this to bring you back to me. It's not, it's not because of uh, you're so bad. It's because these things that you're doing aren't right, and I want to draw you close to me. Because I'm holy, and I want you to be holy, and I want to build you up. Jesus did this. He looked at all of us. He looked at me. He looked at you. He said, we are sinners, and I'm calling you to live holy, and I want to build you up. And he also flipped over tables and said, no, 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 this isn't what my temple's about. There's some things that you're still, no, no, no. So he built up, and he tore down. wisdom is understanding when to do What? And the question we need to ask, have we spent all of our time just tearing down people and building up things? When God spends his time building up people. So here it is, back to the story. Jeremiah, hearing all of these words from God, standing there, he's tried to give his excuse, but the Lord has told him what he's gonna have him to do. And you could just kind of see this 15-year-old boy, just kind of sweat pouring down. I'm like, this is a big job. I mean, you're calling me to be a prophet to the nations? I'm going to stand before kings and, and all of these people. and, and get, I don't know if they're even going to listen to me. I'm not sure. God. And, and God's you're doing all this. And I think God could just see it on his face. And so God gives him this. He says, listen, Jeremiah, just hold on, pause. What do you see? Look around and tell me what you see. And he says, listen, well, I I see an almond tree. I see the branch of an almond tree. And to which God says, yeah, yeah, that's good. That means I'm always watching, which is super weird. (laughs) What does the branch of an almond tree have anything to do with you watching? Well, it's actually... If you look at the Hebrew, the word here for almond tree and the word for watching is actually very, very similar. So God's actually doing a little bit of a play on words here. It's kind of like the the cat and the hat. It's like, which? And so when you see this almond tree, know I'm watching. And it's just, when you see the cat, remember the hat. They have nothing to do with each other except for they rhyme. And so when you see this thing, Jeremiah... I want you to remember, and I want you to bring it to your mind that I am still with you. And see, God does this all throughout. He he goes and he says, like, listen, look up into the sky. And when you see that rainbow, remember the promise. And and this, every time you take this bread and this wine, do this in remembrance of me. See, there's going to be some times and there's going to be some Moments where you feel like I've left you, but remember, I'm with you. Jeremiah, there's, there's gonna be moments where you just feel, but every time you see that almond tree, every time you see that branch, know I'm watching. I, I, I'm, I'm close to you, and I think God just gives us this encouragement to, to let you know that, that I'm with you. The moment that we look down and we see this ring on our finger, it, it, it reminds us, it reminds us of our love for our spouse. It reminds us that I stood not just before a preacher and before a crowd, but I stood before God and I made a commitment. And I made the commitment to love you in the good times and the bad times. When you see that almond branch, when you see that ring, when you take that communion, Remember, he is close. Now, I think God gives him this encouragement because there's the second part of it that he's getting ready to lay out for Jeremiah. Because he's getting ready to tell him, listen, Jeremiah, times are going to get rough. Times are going to get rough. We actually didn't read it, but in verse 3, it says this. In August of the 11th year, the people of Jerusalem were taken away to captivity. And then in the prophecy here, what God shows them is, what do you see? Well, I see a pot, and it's boiling from the north, and it's coming out. And God said, yeah, yeah, these people, these nations that I have raised up, they're going to come down, and they're going to they're take you. You're going to be hauled off into captivity. That's, that's a hard pill to swallow. And so God says, like, I'm encouraging you. I, I need you to remember the almond branch. I need you to know I'm watching because there will be a time where things get really rough. There will be moments in your life where you question, is God present? And and you've got to know, even through all of this, even when the pot is boiling from the north, see, there's going to be moments in your life where you need a, a type of food that you can't chew, where you need something down deep in your soul that, God, this is your message to me, and I believe it. And no matter what's going on, God, I'm living by more than bread alone, but by every word that comes from your mouth. And and I think God will put those moments where we see the almond branches, and it reminds us, don't give up. Don't give up. I haven't given up on you. I'm the God that goes before you. I'm the God that walks with you. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. I'm going to ask everyone to please stand to their feet. I want to close with a story. It's a missionary, you may have heard the name before. His name is David Livingston. He served as a missionary for a number of years to Africa. And after uh, 16 years, actually, of being on the field, he returned to his homeland. And when he returned, he got an invitation from a local college to come and speak to the graduating class. And he got in front of those graduating students that day, and as he stood there and began to speak to them, uh, everyone could see that his right arm uh, was just, it had been, uh, he had been attacked by a lion, and it just kinda hung there, motionless almost, and he he had no function in that arm. he began to, to talk to him and tell him some stories, and at the end of his talk, he left some time for the students to ask questions, and, and one of the students asked the question and said, how did you do it? How did you not give up? When, when, whenever things got really tough, whenever you were attacked by a lion, whenever you were there all by yourself in moments of just, it felt, how did you do it? How did you not give up? And David Livingston looked at that young man that asked that question, and he quoted Matthew chapter 28. Behold, I am with you always, even to the ends of the earth. He said, no matter what I was going through, I knew God was with me. See, we, we like the first part of Matthew 28. Go and make disciples. Come on, Jeremiah, go, and you're going to do all these things, and you're going to uproot, and you're going to tear down, and you're going to build up, and you're going to plant. But also know that there's going to be moments where you're going to wonder. And God says, listen, I will always be with you. I haven't abandoned you. I haven't forsaken you. I am the God who goes before you. I am the God who walks with you. I'm the God who will clean up after you. And so remember, remember these things, remember the almond branch, remember the cross. When you're wondering, do I love you? Think about that. Remember, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you and I called you and I set you apart. A holy nation, a royal priesthood, But understand, there may be some pots boiling in the north. There may be some things that you have to go through. There may be times where they will set their thrones at the gates of the city and they will attack its walls and all of these other towns of Judea. And I will pronounce judgment on the people for all of this evil, for deserting me and burning incense to other gods. Yes, they worshiped idols made with their own hands. Now get up and prepare for action. Go out and tell them everything that I tell you to say. Do not be afraid of them, or I will make you look foolish before them. For see, today I have made you strong, like a fortified city that cannot be captured, like an iron pillar, like a bronze wall. You will stand against the whole land, kings and officials and priests and the people of Judah. And listen, they will fight against you But they will fail, for I am with you, and I will take care of you. I, the Lord, have spoken. He is with us. He is with us. I'm going to ask everyone to just close their eyes for a moment. Maybe there's just someone in the room right now or someone watching online, and you have just felt like God's abandoned you. And this morning, he's just reminding you, yeah, I go before you, I walk with you, I'm right there with you right now. And no matter what comes your way, I'm not gonna leave you. I haven't given up on you, don't give up on me. So in this moment, Holy Spirit, where where our words just fall short, where we find ourselves like Jeremiah saying, God, I just, I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I could stand up and say your word and what you're calling me to do. God, just Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, in this moment, fill our hearts, fill our minds. May we be a people that are rooted and grounded in you, Jesus. That we're not blown by every wave of thing that comes our way. But we're anchored in you. And it's not about our great love for you, Lord God, but it's about your great love for us. For while we were yet sinners. So Lord, may your love grab a hold of us this morning. May we see you in a whole new way. May we experience your goodness and your kindness and your grace like never before.